I'm, I'm really speaking about all of humanity, you know, without exception of anybody, you know. And I, I know that um, a lot of the content in the songs is very heavy, you know, but uh, see, fantasy is what people want, but reality is what they need. And I've just retired from the fantasy part because I realized that. Uh, Standing taller to face the darkest and the hardest of time. We'll be taking care of all the children thereof. But if it's required, we'll be on the front line. You can call me by my name. I am ready to roll. Once the rules remain the same, how the story's been told. Oh 
joyous, joyful exaltations and greetings to those who liberate themselves. Welcome to Woman Wednesday. I'm your host, Mariama Tanay. Blessings, greetings, and love to all within the listening ear. Tonight's theme is the female disciples of Yeshua. The female disciples of Yeshua. We're going to start up in the praise up as there is nothing new under the sun that the Most High has not already revealed. Starting off with Luke 8, 1-3. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village, preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God, and the twelve were with him. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary, called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils, and Joanna, the wife of Shusa Harrod's steward, and Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. Romans 16, 1-6 I commend you, Phoebe, our sister, which is a servant of the church, which is at Centria, that ye receive her in the Lord, as becometh saints, and that ye assist her in whatsoever business she hath need of you. For she hath been a succorer of many, and of myself also. Greet Priscilla and Aquila, my helpers in Christ Jesus, who have for my life laid down their own necks, unto whom not only I give thanks, but also all of the churches of the Gentiles. Likewise, greet the church that is in their house. Salute my well-loved Epionetus, who is the first fruits of Acacia unto Christ. Greet Mary, who bestowed much labor on us. Acts 9.36-43 Now there was at Joppa a certain disciple named Tabitha, which by interpretation is called Dorcas. This woman was full of good works and alms deeds, which she did. And it came to pass in those days that she was sick and died, whom when they had washed, they laid her in an upper chamber. And for so much as Lida was nigh to Joppa, and the disciples had heard that Peter was there, they sent unto him two men, desiring him that he would not delay to come to them. Then Peter arose and went with them. When he was come, they brought him into the upper chamber. And all the widows stood by him weeping and showing their coats and garments, which darkest made, while she was with them. But Peter put them all forth and kneeled down and prayed. And turning him to the body, said, Tabitha, arise. 
and she opened her eyes. And when she saw Peter, she sat up. And he gave her his hand and lifted her up. And when he had called the saints and widows, presented her alive. And it was known throughout all Joppa, and many believed in the Lord. And it came to pass that he tarried many days in Joppa with one Simon, a tanner. Mark 1540-41 There were also women looking on afar off. Among them was Mary Magdalene, and Mary, the mother of James the Less, and of Joseph, and Salome, who was also, when he was in Galilee, followed him and ministered unto him, and many other women which came up with him unto Jerusalem. John 11, 4-6 When Jesus heard that, he said, The sickness is not unto death, but for the glory of God, that the Son of God might be glorified thereby. Now Jesus loved Martha and her sister and Lazarus, When he had heard, therefore, that he was sick, he abode two days still in the same place where he was. John 20, 1-19 The first day of the week, when Mary Magdalene, early, when it was yet dark, unto the sepulchre, and seeth the stone taken away from the sepulchre, then she runneth and cometh to Simon Peter, and to the other disciple, whom Jesus loved, and said unto them, They have taken away the Lord out of the sepulchre, and we know not where they have laid him. Peter therefore went forth, and that other disciple, and came to the sepulchre. So they ran both together, and the other disciple did outrun Peter, and came first to the sepulchre. And he stooping down, and looking in, saw the linen clothes lying, yet went he not in. Then cometh Simon Peter following him, and went into the sepulchre, and seeth the linen clothes lie, and the napkin that was about his head, not lying with the linen clothes, but wrapped together in a place by itself. Then went in also that other disciple, which came first to the sepulchre, and he saw and believed. For as yet they knew not the scripture that he must rise again from the dead. But the disciples went away again unto their own home. But Mary stood without at the sepulchre, weeping. And as she wept, she stooped down and looked into the sepulchre, and seeth two angels in white sitting. The one at the head and the other at the feet, where the body of Jesus had lain. And they say unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? She saith unto them, Because they have taken away my Lord, and I know not where they have laid him. And when she had thus said, she turned herself back, and saw Jesus standing, and knew not 
that it was Jesus. Jesus saith unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? She, supposing him to be the gardener, saith unto him, Sir, if thou had borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. Jesus saith unto her, Mary. She turned herself, and saith unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus saith unto her, Touch me not, for I am not yet ascended to my Father, but go to my brethren, and say unto them, I ascend unto my Father, and your Father, and to my God, and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. Then the same day at evening, being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for the fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and saith unto them, Peace be unto you. And from the gospel, according to Mary Magdalene, the gospel of Mary was found in Achmem in Upper Egypt. The Codex, as these ancient books are called, was copied and bound in the 4th or early 5th century. It contains Coptic translations of three very important early Christian Gnostic texts, the Gospel of Mary, the Apocryphon of John, and the Sophia of Jesus Christ. I'll be sharing chapter 5 and chapter 9. But they were grieved. They wept greatly, saying, How shall we go to the Gentiles and preach the gospel of the kingdom of the Son of Man? If they did not spare him, how will they spare us? Then Mary stood up, greeted them all, and said to her brethren, Do not weep, and do not grieve, nor be irresolute, for his grace will be entirely with you, and will protect you. But rather, let us praise his greatness, for he has prepared us and made us into men. When Mary said this, she turned their hearts to the good, and they began to discuss the words of the Savior. Peter said to Mary, Sister, we know that the Savior loved you more than the rest of women. Tell us the words of the Savior, which you remember, which you know, but we do not, nor have we heard them. Mary answered and said, What is hidden from you, I will proclaim to you. And she began to speak to them these words. I, she said, I saw the Lord in a vision, and I said to him, Lord, I saw you today in a vision. And he answered and said to me, Blessed are you that you did not waver at the sight of me. Where the mind is, there is the treasure. And I said to him, Lord, how does he who sees the vision see it? Through the soul or through the spirit? The Savior answered and said, He does not see through the soul, 
nor through the Spirit, but the mind that is in between the two, that is what sees the vision. And it is. When Mary had said this, she fell silent, since it was to this point that the Savior had spoken with her. But Andrew answered and said to the brethren, Say what you wish to say about what she has said. I at least do not believe that the Savior said this. For certainly these teachings are strange ideas. Peter answered and spoke concerning these same things. He questioned them about the Savior. Did he really speak privately with a woman and not openly to us? Are we to turn about and all listen to her? Did he prefer her to us? Then Mary wept and said to Peter, My brother Peter, what do you think? Do you think that I have thought this up myself in my heart, or that I am lying about the Savior? Levi answered and said to Peter, Peter, you have always been hot-tempered. Now I see you contending against the woman like the adversaries. But if the Savior made her worthy, who are you indeed to reject her? Surely the Savior knows her very well. That is why he loved her more than us. Rather, let us be ashamed and put on the perfect man and separate as he commanded us and preach the gospel, not laying down any other rule or other law beyond what the Savior said. And when they heard this, they began to go forth to proclaim and to preach. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tonight's theme. The female disciples of Yeshua. Blessings and grace.
Welcome to tonight's theme, the female disciples of Yeshua. Some people unfamiliar with the New Testament claim that the case for female disciples of Yeshua is controversial. However, disciple means one who follows a person's moral teachings, or more commonly called a student. The New Testament clearly identifies a number of women who chose to follow Yeshua. The four Gospels differ in the number, name, and role of such women that they name. Even greater variation is found in the non-canonical Gospels, books that are not considered scripture by most denominations, Christian religions, and the vast majority of scholars in quote-unquote Christianity. Some of the women feature prominently in accounts of Yeshua's crucifixion, and in reports of his resurrection. In some gospel accounts, women were the first to receive a sign of Yeshua's resurrection and to report it to the others. One of the apocryphal gospels, the Gospel of Mary Magdalene, is attributed to the most famous of Yeshua's female disciples. In biblical usage, the term disciple simply means student someone who believes in the person's message and tries to follow the person's moral values and teachings. By that definition, all women and men followers of Yeshua are disciples of Yeshua, as long as they try to follow the teachings of Yeshua rather than merely being camp followers. In the Pistis Sophia, chapter 96, Yeshua says, Where I shall be, 
There will be also my twelve ministers, but Mary Magdalene and John, the Virgin, will tower over all my disciples and over all men who shall receive the mysteries in the ineffable, and they will be on my right and on my left, and I am they, and they are I. In the non-canonical text, the Sophia of Jesus Christ begins, After he rose from the dead, his twelve disciples and the seven women continued to be his followers and went to Galilee onto the mountain they called Divination and Joy. In the apocryphal Pistis Sophia, Christ calls upon Mary, the mother of Yeshua, Mary Magdalene, Martha, and Salome, to answer his questions concerning an exegesis of scripture and the Gnostic mysteries to create the greater soul. These women discourse at great length amongst the male disciples, which vexes Peter. He protests when Mary Magdalene answers again and wants the women to be excluded. Pistis Sophia, on 146, Peter says, My Lord, let the women cease to question, in order that we also may question. But Christ gently corrects Peter's error and calls upon Martha next. And Peter protests the inclusion of Mary Magdalene in the Gnostic Gospels of Thomas, 114. Simon Peter said to them, Let Mary leave us, for women are not worthy of life. But according to the first apocalypse of James, James said, I am satisfied, and they are my soul. Yet another thing I ask of you, who are the seven women who have been your disciples? And behold, all women bless you. This text, however, reveals four of these women's names. When Yeshua speaks to James, when you speak these words of this perception, encourage these four, Salome and Mariam and Martha and Arsinoe. From these texts, it can be concluded that Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of, of Yeshua, Mary Salome, Martha, the sister of Lazarus, and Miriamne, sister of Philip, and Arsinoe. But the name of the seventh female apostle can only be conjectured from the known list of female disciples, perhaps Susanna or Joanna, are more likely to be the seventh woman apostle as they traveled with Christ and Mary Magdalene, who was called the Apostle of Apostles. Apostle. The term apostle is derived from the New Testament Greek word apostolos, meaning one who is sent forth as a messenger. There were many women who exhibited leadership in both the Old and New Testaments. Exodus 15.20, Miriam, the sister of Aaron, was a prophetess and one of the triad of leaders of Israel during the Exodus from Egypt. In Judges 4 and 5, Deborah, a prophet judge, headed the army of ancient Israel. 2 Kings 22.14, 2 Chronicles 34.22, Huldah, a prophet, verified the authenticity of the book of the law of the Lord given through Moses. 
she triggers a religious renewal. Acts 9.36, the author of Luke, referred to a female disciple by her Aramaic name, Tabitha, who was also known by her Greek name, Dorcas. She had become sick and died, and Peter brought her back to life. In Acts 21.8, Philip the Evangelist had four unmarried daughters who were prophets. And Philippians 4.2 refers to two women, Eudia and Sintiche, as co-workers who were active evangelicals spreading the gospel. Romans 16.1, Paul refers to Phoebe as a minister of the church at Sincrea. Romans 16.3 refers to Priscilla as one of his fellow workers in Christ. In Romans 16.7, Paul refers to a female apostle, Junia, as outstanding among the apostles. Matthew tells us of women followers at the cross and later at the tomb. In 2755-61, it says many women were also there, looking on from a distance. They had followed Jesus from Galilee and had provided for him. Among them were Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Joseph, and the mother of the sons of Zebedee. Mary Magdalene and the other Mary were there, sitting opposite the tomb. Mary Magdalene is one of those women, along with Mary, the mother of James, and the other women named in the various accounts. Mark also tells us that a great number of women had come with Yeshua to Jerusalem. In the Synoptic Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke all describe the women as those who had followed Yeshua. The Gospel writers use follow over 75 times to show that following Yeshua means being a disciple of Christ. These women also provided for them out of their resources, Luke 8.3. Provided means to serve, wait on, to minister to as deacon. And it was used in the early Christian community to describe um, service and proclamation of the word. These women supported and served Christ through his earthly ministry. They too were in service to the kingdom along with Yeshua and the Twelve. Mary Magdalene was a prominent disciple of Yeshua who followed him in Galilee and to Jerusalem. She is always listed first in groups of named female disciples. She is mentioned in all four gospel accounts of Yeshua's crucifixion. Mary was one of the women Luke named in chapter 8, not only following Yeshua, but serving him from her own means. She stood at the cross with the other women and saw where Yeshua was buried. She was the first to see the risen Christ. She became known as the apostle to the apostles. In all four accounts, different women are named, but one name is constant in all four Gospels, Mary Magdalene. In John 20, she is the first to the tomb on Sunday morning and the first person to whom Christ reveals himself after the resurrection. In John 20, it talks about Mary remaining at the tomb weeping. She leans down and looks in to see two angels who ask her why she's crying. And she answers, they have taken away my Lord and I do not know where they have laid him. And she turns and sees Yeshua but does not recognize him. And Yeshua asks her, 
Who are you looking for? Mary still does not recognize Yeshua until he says her name. And something as simple and intimate as saying her name, the reality of the resurrection is revealed, and Mary becomes the first person to see the risen Christ. Apparently, she tried to hug him, but Yeshua tells her, Do not hold on to me, because I have not yet ascended to the Father. John twenty seventeen and 18. And then he goes on to say, But go to my brothers and say to them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went and announced to the disciples, I have seen the Lord. And she told them that he had said these things to her. Joanna and Susanna are two women who were introduced in the book of Luke and served alongside Christ during his earthly ministry. Luke 8.3 describes Joanna as the wife of Chusa, the manager of Herod's household. And Susanna is mentioned alongside her. And scripture says these women were helping to support them out of their own means. Yeshua and his 12 disciples. Luke 24.10 goes on to say that Joanna was among the group of women who had visited Yeshua's tomb after his resurrection. The scripture specifically mentions Mary Magdalene, Joanna, and Mary, the mother of James. But it is possible that Susanna was among them. Joanna and Susanna were women who had been healed by Christ, and they showed their gratitude and love by supporting him. Luke 8.2 says that these women who helped to support Yeshua and his disciples had formerly had evil spirits and diseases, but had since been cured by Christ. We don't know exactly what sickness plagued them, but from the way they followed and served Yeshua, the Christ, we see that they were fully thankful for what Christ had done in their lives. He had healed them emotionally, physically, and spiritually, he had taken their broken hearts and bruised souls and made them whole. Whereas their lives had once been filled with pain and darkness, there was now only peace and God's glorious light. Just as Christ had willingly given them his gift of healing, Joanna and Susanna willingly gave out of their own means to him. Truly they modeled the words of Yeshua himself, freely ye have received, freely give. Joanna was a courageous disciple of Yeshua. Susanna's relations are not mentioned, but we do know that Joanna was married to a man named Chusa, who was the manager of Herod's household. Being the manager of Herod's household sounds like it would be a pretty big deal. However, Herod was not BFFs to Yeshua. He was the guy who beheaded John the Baptist, after all. Despite the close association that Chusa and thus her entire family had with Herod, Joanna did not let that stop her from following Yeshua. Who knows how much influence she had in Herod's palace by living out and speaking about her faith. And on page 85 of the Pistis Sophia, Yeshua says, Now therefore let him in whom his power is raised come forward and proclaim the solution of the eleventh repentance of Pistis Sophia. Then Salome came forward and said, My Lord, concerning this thy light power prophesied aforetime 
through David in the 51st Psalm, saying, Why doth the Mighty One boast himself in his wickedness? Thy tongue hath studied unrighteousness all the day long, as a sharp razor, as thou practiced craft. Thou lovest wickedness more than goodness. Thou lovest to speak unrighteousness more than righteousness. Thou lovest all words of submerging and a crafty tongue. Wherefore will God bring thee to naught utterly, and will uproot thee, and drag thee out from thy dwelling place, and will root out thy root, and cast it away from the living. Selah. The righteous will see and be afraid, and they will mock at him and say, Lo, a man who made not God for his helper, but trusted to his great riches, and was mighty in his vanity. But I am as a fruit-bearing olive tree in the house of God. I have trusted in the grace of God from all eternity, and I will confess unto thee that thou hast dealt faithfully with me, and I will wait on thy name. But it is auspicious in the presence of the holy ones. This, then, is now, therefore, my Lord, the solution of the eleventh repentance of Pista Sophia. While thy light power had roused me, I have spoken it according to thy desire. It came to pass, then, when Yeshua had heard these words, which Salome spake, and he said, Well said, Salome. Amen, amen. I say unto you, I will perfect you in all mysteries of the kingdom of light. And on page 94, it says, And it came to pass, when Yeshua had finished speaking these words unto his disciples, that Salome came forward and said, My Lord, my power constraineth me to speak the solution of the words which Pistis Sophia had uttered, thy power hath prophesied aforetime through Solomon, saying, I will give thanks unto thee, O Lord, for thou art my God. Abandon me not, O Lord, for thou art my hope. Thou hast given me thy vindication for naught, and I am saved through thee. Let them who pursue me fall down, and let them not see me. May a smoke cloud cover their eyes, and the air midst darken them, and let them not see the day, so that they may not seize me. May their resolution be impotent, and may what they concoct come upon them. They have devised a resolution, and it hath not taken effect for them, and they are vanquished, although they be mighty, and what they have wickedly prepared is fallen upon them. My hope is in the Lord, and I shall not be afraid, but thou art my God, my Savior. It came to pass then, when Salome had finished saying these words, that Yeshua said unto her, Well said, Salome, and finally. This is the solution for the words which Pistis Sophia had uttered. And in chapter 132, it says, And when the Savior had said this, Salome started forward and said, My Lord, if our parents are the rulers, how standeth it written in the law of Moses, who shall abandon his father and his mother, let him die the death? Hath not thus the law made statement thereon? And when Salome had said this, the light power in Mary Magdalene bubbled up in her, 
And she said to the Savior, My Lord, give commandment unto me that I discourse with my sister Salome to tell her the solution of the word which she had spoken. It came to pass then, when the Savior had heard Mary say these words, that he called her the most exceedingly blessed. The Savior answered and said unto Mary, I give commandment unto thee, Mary, that thou speak the solution of the word which Salome had spoken. And when the Savior had said this, Mary started forward to Salome, embraced her, and said unto her, My sister Salome, concerning the word which thou had spoken, it standeth written in the law of Moses, He who shall abandon his father and his mother, let him die the death. Now, therefore, my sister Salome, the law hath not said this concerning the soul, nor concerning the body, nor concerning the counterfeiting spirit. For all these are sons of the rulers and are out of them. But the law had said this concerning the power, which had come forth out of the Savior, and which is the light man within us today. The law had moreover said, Everyone who shall remain without the Savior and all his mysteries, his parents will not only die the death, but go to ruin and destruction. When Mary had said this, Salome started forward to Mary and embraced her anew. Salome said, The Savior hath power to make me understanding like thyself. And it came to pass, when the Savior had heard the words of Mary, that he called her most exceedingly blessed. And in chapter 38 of the Pistis Sophia, it speaks on Martha. And it came to pass when Yeshua had finished speaking these words unto his disciples, saying, This is the third repentance of Pistis Sophia, that he said unto them, Let him in whom a sensitive spirit hath arisen come forward and speak the thought of the repentance which Pistis Sophia had uttereth. It came to pass then, before Yeshua had finished speaking, that Martha came forward, fell down at his feet, kissed them, cried aloud, and wept with lamentation and the humbleness, saying, My Lord, have mercy upon me, and have compassion with me, and let me speak the solution of the repentance which Pistis Sophia had uttered. And Yeshua gave his hand unto Martha, and said unto her, Blessed is every one who humbleth himself, for on him they shall have mercy. Now therefore, Martha, art thou blessed, but proclaim then the solution of the thought of the repentance of Pistis Sophia. And Martha answered, and said unto Yeshua in the midst of the disciples, Concerning the repentance which Pistis Sophia had uttered, O my Lord Yeshua, of it thy light power in David prophesied aforetime, in the sixty-ninth psalm, saying, O Lord God, give heed to my help. Let them be put to shame and confounded who seek after my soul. May they turn straight away and be put to shame. Who say unto me, Ha ha! May all who seek thee be joyful and exalt because of thee. And they who love thy salvation say ever, May God be exalted. But I am wretched, I am poor. O Lord, help me. Thou art my helper and my defense. O Lord, delay not. This is then is the solution of the third repentance 
which Pistis Sophia had uttered, singing praises to the height. It came to pass then, when Yeshua had heard Martha speak these words, that he said unto her, Well said, Martha, and finally. And in chapter 73 of the Pistis Sophia, it states, And when Mary had said this, the first mystery said unto her, Well said, finally, Mary, blessed one. And he continued again in the discourse and said unto the disciples, Sophia again continued in this song and said, The light hath become my Savior, and it hath changed my darkness into light, and it hath rent the chaos which surrounded me and girded me with light. And it came to pass then, when the first mystery had finished saying these words, that Martha came forward and said, My Lord, thy power hath prophesied aforetime through David concerning these words. The Lord hath become my helper. He hath changed my lamentation into joy. He hath rent my mourning robe and girded me with joy. And it came to pass, when the first mystery had heard Martha speak these words, that he said, Well said and finally, Martha. And in chapter 80, Martha again came forward and said, My Lord, I am sober in my spirit and understand the words which thou sayest. Now therefore, give me commandment to set forth their solution in openness. And the first mystery answered and said unto Martha, I give thee commandment, Martha, to set forth the solution of the words which Pistis Sophia had uttered in her song. And Martha answered and said, My Lord, these are the words which thy light power hath prophesied aforetime through David in the seventh psalm, saying, God is a righteous vindicator and a strong and long-suffering who bringeth not on his wrath every day. If ye turn not, he will wet his sword, he hath bent his bow and made it ready, and he hath made ready for him instruments of death. He had made his arrows for those who will be burnt up. Behold, injustice hath been in labor, hath conceived wrong, and brought forth inequity. It hath digged a pit and hollowed it out. It will fall into a hole which it had made. Its wrong will return on its own head, and its injustice will come down on its own pate. When Martha had said this, the first mystery, which looketh without, said unto her, Well said, finally, Martha, blessed. And from the Gospel of Bartholomew in the Apocryphal New Testament, chapter 2, 1 to 11, it says, Now the apostles were in the place with Mary, and Bartholomew came and said unto Peter and Andrew and John, Let us ask her that is highly favored how she conceived the incomprehensible, or how she bare him that cannot be carried, or how she brought forth so much greatness. But they doubted to ask her. Bartholomew therefore said unto Peter, Thou that art the chief and my teacher, draw near and ask her. But Peter said to John, Thou art a virgin and undefiled and beloved, and thou must ask her. As they all doubted and disputed, Bartholomew came near unto her with a cheerful countenance and said to her, Thou that art highly favored, the tabernacle of the Most High, unblemished, we, even all the apostles, ask thee, or all the apostles have sent me to ask thee, 
to tell us how thou didst conceive the incomprehensible, or how thou didst bear him that cannot be. But Mary said unto them, Ask me not, or do ye indeed ask me concerning this mystery? If I should begin to tell you, fire will ensue forth out of my mouth and consume all the world. But they continued yet the more to ask her, and she, for she could not refuse to hear the apostles, said, Let us stand up in prayer. And the apostles stood behind Mary. But she said unto Peter, Peter, thou chief, thou great pillar, standeth thou behind us. Said not our Lord, the head of a man, is Christ. Now therefore stand ye before me and pray. But they said unto her, In thee did the Lord set his tabernacle, and it was his good pleasure that thou shouldest contain him, and thou oughtest to be the leader in the prayer. But she said unto them, Ye are shining stars. And as the prophet said, I did lift up my eyes unto the hills, from whence shall come mine help. Ye therefore are the hills. It is behooveth you to pray. The apostles say unto her, Thou oughtest to pray. Thou art the mother of the heavenly king. Mary saith unto them, In your likeness did God form the sparrows, and sent them forth into the four corners of the world. And from Clement of Alexandria, the Stramata, Book 4, from the Antonicene Fathers, Volume 2. Chapter 19 is called, Women as well as Men, Capable of Perfection. In this perfection, it is possible for a man and woman to equally share. It is not only Moses then that heard from God, I have spoken to thee once and twice, saying, I have seen this people, and lo, it is stiff-necked. Suffer me to exterminate them and blot out their name from under heaven, and I will make thee into a great and wonderful nation, much greater than this, who answers not regarding himself, but the common salvation. By no means, O Lord, forgive this people their sin, or blot me out of the book of the living. How great was his perfection, and wishing to die together with the people rather than be saved alone. But Judith, too, who became perfect among women, in the siege of the city, at the entreaty of the elders, went forth into strangers' camps, despising all danger for her country's sake, giving herself into the enemy's hand and faith in God, and straightway she obtained the reward of her faith through a woman prevailing over the enemy of her faith and gaining possession of the head of Holofernes. And again, Esther, perfect by faith, who rescued Israel from the power of the king and the satrap's cruelty, a woman alone, afflicted with fastings, held back 10,000 armed hands, annulling by her faith the tyrant's decree. Him indeed she appeased, Haman she restrained, and Israel she preserved scatheless by her perfect prayer to God. I pass over in silence Susanna and the sister of Moses, since the latter was the prophet's associate in commanding the host, being superior to all women among the Hebrews, who were in repute for their wisdom. And the former in her surprising modesty, going even to death condemned by licentiousness, admirers, remained the unwavering martyr of chastity. And here in Book 10 of the Antinician Fathers, Volume 5, the contents of the 10th book of the refutation of all heresies, 
an epitome of all philosophers. And it actually says, and in conclusion to all, what the doctrine of truth is. So this is when the establishment church decided to come in and decide and actually write down what the doctrine of truth is and will be set forth for the population to consume. In chapter 21, it makes clear what they feel about women. It says, The Phrygians, however, derived the principles of their heresy from a certain Mantinus and Priscilla, Priscilla and Maximilia, and regard these wretched women as prophetesses, and Mantinus a prophet, in respect, however, of what appertains to the origin and creation of the universe. The Phrygians are supposed to express themselves correctly, while in the tenets, where they enunciate respecting Christ, they have not irrevocably formed their opinions, but they are seduced into error in common with the heretics previously alluded to, and devote their attention to the discourse of these above the Gospels, thus laying down regulations concerning novel and strange fasts. But others of them, being attached to the heresy of the Noetians, entertain similar opinions to those relating to the silly women, the silly women, silly and wretched women, mm-mm-mm, of the Phrygians and Simultaneous. As regard, however, the truth appertaining to the father of the entire existing of things, they are guilty of blasphemy because they assert, because they assert that he is son and father, visible and invisible, begotten and unbegotten, mortal and immortal. These have taken occasion from a certain noetus to put forward in their heresy. So proclaiming that he is the son and the father, the visible and the invisible, begotten and unbegotten, mortal and immortal, they are against the Most High. So the ones in Rome decided that the women were wretched and silly for their beliefs. Therefore, heretics. So, Let's think about the daily life of women in Yeshua's day. They lived in villages, usually in small homes. There was a domestic life of baking, cooking, washing, childbearing, fostering community and culture. Yeshua's attitude towards women was extremely radical for his day. He spoke to a Samaritan woman at the well in John 4, 126, which broke three rules. She was a Samaritan, a mixed-race Jew was known to be living in sin, and was in a public place. There was all kinds of uncleanliness going on there. Yeshua also showed compassion, mercy, and forgiveness to the adulteress brought before him by the Jewish leaders. In John 8, 2-11, he heals a woman who had been bleeding for 12 years. More uncleanliness, Luke 8, 43-48. He speaks to her so tenderly, calling her daughter as he heals her. His kindness and respect for women were unheard of. No wonder these women left their village life. While traveling and living conditions might have been a bit rough, it didn't stop these women from faithfully following and serving Yeshua. They all just wanted to be with him. And it's interesting to think, too, that at Yeshua's crucifixion, there were more women than men in attendance. Most of the men scattered. Matthew 27, 55-56 tells us that many women were there, watching from a distance. In Acts 1, 14, 
The women were with the men as they joined together constantly in prayer. The barrier between men and women worshiping the Most High was gone. In Acts 12.12, many people had gathered in Mary's home for prayer and meeting. You can read the story of Lydia, Paul's first convert in Acts 16, 14, and 15. Her home became the first church in Philippi. Women had important roles in early church and gave us a clear picture how much Yeshua treasured them and us in our roles as his disciples. A woman's mind and creativity and soul is truly a treasure. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the go and gnosis, blessings and grace.
break my flesh They stumble on them fall They stumble on them fell Ow, I'm in the lion's den
Blessings and grace, and I'm back with the go and gnosis, your news infused with consciousness, starting off on lovebscott.com. Via TMZ, former Fort Worth police officer Aaron Dean was booked on a murder charge Monday, according to online records from the Tarrant County Correction Center. It appears Dean is still in custody as of this writing, and his bail was set for $200,000. It is unclear exactly how he was taken into custody, but Dean's arrest comes hour after he turned in his resignation and reportedly refused to cooperate with the investigation. This all comes after he gunned down a Tatiana, a black woman, while in her home. Dean was responding to a welfare call around 2.30 a.m. Saturday afternoon after a concerned neighbor said that they saw her door open. In body cam video released by the Fort Worth police, you can see an officer, reported to be Dean, creep up to a window in her backyard and almost instantly fire a shot after seeing a Tatiana approach her inside. He quickly told her to put her hands up, but barely gave her any time to respond and he also did not identify himself as a police officer. Tatiana was reportedly playing video games with her eight-year-old nephew in the house, again, on her own property. She succumbed to her wounds and died in her bedroom. Let's pray for some semblance of justice for Tatiana and her family. Moving forward to Philadelphia, .cbslocal.com. Chester Township family says they were arrested for loitering while standing outside of their home, which they own. A family in Delaware County says they were targeted and unjustly arrested earlier this month for loitering while standing outside their own Chester Township home. The family says they are now suing. The family's African-American. Some family members were arrested twice in two days. They say they were doing nothing wrong and were just standing outside of their house, but police accused them of loitering. The arrests were caught on camera, and now the family is suing. The video shows Ramir Briggs being pulled over the railing of his family's porch on Shannon Street in Chester Township. Keith Briggs was being tased and put in the back of a cop car. According to the arrest records, police said he was loitering, refused to disperse, and was cursing at officers. It's not clear what happened before the camera started recording, but after four people in the same family were arrested, police then asked, who lives at the home? The Chester Township Police Department has failed my family. Instead of protecting us and serving us, they decided to attack us on multiple occasions said Rachel Briggs, one of the people arrested. The family said they will be filing a civil lawsuit because they were made to feel like criminals. What do they think they are to victimize a family like this and to do this to someone in the community? Who do they think they are? Attorney Kevin Fitzpatrick asked. I just felt that the police presence was excessive. Fifteen. Fifteen police cars. That's a lot for a family of four or five neighbor Turquoise Benson said. The scene left neighbors shocked. In the video, family members are heard asking police why they're being arrested. The family said they were greeting family members who were just released from jail after they were arrested the day before 
for the same charge, loitering on their own property that they own. I never knew that police officers could decide on one of us being outside too long or arrest us again, Rachel Briggs said. The township loitering statute says that there are areas of the township where loitering is prohibited. In those areas, the statute says, officers can question anyone they believe is loitering and ask them to leave. It's not clear if the family home is in one of those areas. But ones in the United States you need to find out if where you live is one of those areas. The family's lawyer says the township's loitering statute was struck down in court back in 2012 when courts ruled it was too vague. However, he says based on these arrests, police are still using the same practices. Everyone who was arrested will be in court on October 17th. The family is now planning a civil lawsuit against the police department. Eyewitness News reached out to the police department several times Wednesday, but did not hear back. Blessings and grace and strength and victory to the Briggs family in Chester Township. On SandraRose.com, Florida man gets 20 years in prison for Stand Your Ground parking lot shooting. A Pinellas County man who was convicted of manslaughter and the fatal shooting of a black man during a convenience store parking lot dispute was sentenced to 20 years in prison on Thursday. Michael Dretschka, 48, was arrested last year and charged with manslaughter in the July 19, 2018, shooting death of 28-year-old Marquise McLaughlin. Pinellas Pasco Circuit Judge Joseph Ballone sentenced Dretschka after listening to witness impact statements from McLaughlin's family members, including his parents and Brittany Jacobs, the mother of his four children. The defendant's weakness and his cowardice and his anger are the reasons Marquise is dead, said Jacobs, reading from a prepared statement. Think about raising four children alone without their daddy. Without Marquise, my world could never be whole again, said Jacobs. She asked Judge Ballone to sentence Drecker to a maximum of 30 years. Judge Ballone, who described Drecker as a wannabe cop, refused the defense's request for a lenient sentence, such as house arrest. Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Waltieri initially refused to arrest Draker. The Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri initially refused to arrest Draker, citing Florida's controversial Stand Your Ground law that allows licensed gun owners to use deadly force if they feel threatened, even if the other person is unarmed. Well, in spite of Pinellas County Sheriff Bob Gualtieri, Drecker was sentenced to 20 years in prison. Blessings and strength to the family of McLaughlin, Marquise McLaughlin, and his four children. Moving forward to usatoday.com, kill it immediately. Snakehead fish that can breathe air and survive on land found in Georgia. An invasive fish has been marked for death in Georgia. The Georgia Department of Natural Resources Wildlife Resources Division confirmed someone found a northern snakehead in a pond on private property in Gwinnett County, marking the first time the invasive fish has been found in the state, according to the DNR. The department's advice for what Georgia residents should do upon finding a northern snakehead, which can breathe air, is simple. First, 
residents should not release the fish. Secondly, kill it immediately. Remember, it can survive on land and freeze it. Fishermen who find northern snakehead should take pictures, note where it's caught, and then report it, the Georgia DNR said in a statement. Our first line of defense is the fight against aquatic invasive species, such as northern snakehead. Our anglers, Matt Thomas, chief of fisheries, Wildlife Resources Division said in a statement. I just find this interesting. The northern snakehead can grow three feet in length, according to DNR. They have a long dorsal fin that runs along their whole back and have a dark brown blotchy appearance. They can breathe air and can survive in low oxygenated systems, the department said. These fish can crawl out the ocean and breathe air. And they're three feet long. And they can survive in low oxygenated systems. Moving forward on projectafricamedia.net, controversial United States pastor Greg Schuf has been deported from Rwanda amid battle with authorities over the closure of his religious radio station. A spokesman for Rwanda's Directorate General of Immigration and Emigration told CNN that Greg Schuf was deported back to the United States due to failure to comply with Rwandan laws. Schuf emailed Rwanda's journalists on Sunday, inviting them to a news conference where he said he would discuss the closure of his radio station and court cases. On Monday, police in Rwanda arrested Schuf at the venue where he was preparing to host the conference. For disturbing public order. Last year, Schuf's radio station, The Amazing Grace Christian Radio, had its broadcasting license revoked after one of its presenters, Nicholas Niabakora, repeatedly referred to women as evil. The Rwanda Utilities Regulatory Authority announced in April 2018 it had taken away the station's license. In a statement published online in September, Schuf said he was being kicked out of Rwanda after he was denied a renewal of his visa. When we went to renew our visas, we paid for two-year visas, but they only gave us two-month visas. We appealed to the director and we got a final answer. We are being kicked out of Rwanda. Try to logic this out. Church illegally closed, radio illegally closed. So now because we're not doing anything, they cannot give us visas, he said in a statement. Immigration authorities in Rwanda said he was deported the day after his arrest, that they are shutting down these fake missionaries in Rwanda. Moving forward to fox4kc.com, Chipotle will cover tuition for employees' tech and business degrees. Chipotle will pay for its employees to get business or technology degrees in certain colleges, the company said Tuesday. The new program kicks off on November 15th and the restaurant chain's latest effort to attract and retain talent in a highly competitive labor market. Employees who have been at the company for at least 120 days and work a minimum of 15 hours per week can choose from 75 different degree programs at five schools. The University of Arizona, Bellevue University, Brandman University, Wilmington University, and Southern New Hampshire University. Chipotle will cover tuition only if employees remain at the company and ask that they stay for at least six months after they earn their degrees. 
The new benefits is an expansion of Chipotle's existing programs. The chain already offers up to $5,250 in tuition reimbursement, as well as other education assistant programs. So Chipotle will cover tuition for employees, tech and business degrees. We're going to take a music moment and come back with tech knowledge, blessings and grace.
good things come from the streets. I'm the rose from the cold concrete. Sherry, my name. Bring the alarm. Another you just dying. They took him out like fly. But they cool upon the pavement with tears in his eyes. And we cry. We cry. Bring the alarm. The politicians lie, soldiers on front line, them start the war, we fight the war, what we're losing we'll life for. Bring the alarm, we shall overcome, cause this shall be done, from the east to the west, me say peace and love, we don't stop, we can't stop. Cha! Well, turn me up, push up the levels on your stereo And drop the beat, I'll make me ride it like a rodeo Them ponyo, the hypocrites act like they're really holy God bless the world of me Come from the ghetto, yeah, me grow with some criminal But on the weekends, I worship with Christian Live in the streets, you see a girl has got to eat some pushing trigger But I sing this hit to make you feel sweet Bring the alarm Another you just dying They took him out like fly But they cool upon the pavement with tears in his eyes And we cry, we cry Bring the alarm Politicians lie, soldiers on front line. They start the war, we fight the war. What we're losing, we're life for. Bring the alarm, we shall overcome. Cause this shall be done from the east to the west. Me say peace and love, we don't stop, we can't stop. Boom. Them sell with guns, sell with lies, sell with promises And tell we say all we friends are we enemies and many men Sell out them family for all pennies, man The bigger heads are lying through them teeth I see them building this system that's sinking With them PhD brains of big thinking I laugh with the rich, I laugh with the poor Who need not go get but the greedy get more Bring the alarm Another you just dying They took him out like fly But they cool upon the pavement With tears in his eyes And we cry, we cry Bring the alarm and Politicians lying Soldiers on front line Them start the war We fight the war What we're losing we're lives for Bring the alarm We shall overcome Cause this shall be done From the east to the west We say peace and love We don't stop We can't stop They took him out like fly, but they cool upon the pavement with tears in his eyes, and we cry, we cry. Bring the alarm. The politicians lie, soldiers on front line. Them start the war, we fight the war. What we're losing, we're life for.
Blessings and grace. And I'm back with technology. Starting off on Newsweek.com, marijuana breath tests could be available by 2020. Roadside breath tests, which can detect whether drivers have smoked marijuana in the past three hours, may be available by next year. Firms such as Oakland-based Hound Labs and Canadian company Santec are hoping to have working products ready in the latter half of 2020. The Sacramento Bee reported. Co-founder of Hounds Lab, Mike Lynn, said that his company's tests will show if someone has used marijuana within a three-hour window, which is when the strongest effects of the drug can be felt and driving is most impaired. Earlier this year, the AAA Foundation for Traffic Safety published the results of a survey which indicated that nearly 15 million Americans had driven a vehicle within an hour of smoking marijuana, or using cannabis products in the 30 days prior to the survey. The devices being developed by both companies are designed to look for evidence of THC in the body. This substance is the main psychoactive compound in cannabis. However, detecting the substance is far more difficult than identifying alcohol, with Lynn describing the science as amazingly challenging. This is because the quantity of the psychoactive compound in the body is tiny hundreds of millions of times lower than the amount of alcohol flowing through the body of someone who is drunk. While the technology is promising right now, police forces are biding their time before publicly supporting the marijuana breath test. I think it's interesting technology, but we don't want to be the first to jump to it 
said Madeira Police Chief Dino Lawson, told the B. Absolutely, there's a need for it. I hope they perfect it. Moving forward to the nation.com, Google is coming for your face. Personal data is routinely harvested from the most vulnerable populations without transparency, regulation, or principles, and this should concern us all. Last week, the New York Times reported on the federal government's plan to collect DNA samples from people in immigration custody, including asylum seekers. This is an infringement of civil rights and privacy and opens the door to further misuse of data in the long term. There is no reason for people in custody to consent to this collection of personal data, nor is there any clarity on the limits on how this data may be used in the future. The DNA samples will go into the FBI's criminal database, even though requesting asylum is not a crime and entering the country illegally is only a misdemeanor. That makes the practice not only an invasion of privacy in the present, but also potentially a way to skew statistics and arguments and debates over immigration in the future. Moving forward to MetroTimes.com, racial bias and facial recognition technology, the focus of bill introduced by Representative Lawrence. U.S. Rep. Brenda Lawrence plans to introduce legislation to require a deeper examination of the racial biases found in racial recognition technology as more law enforcement agencies begin using the controversial technology researchers are finding that the face scanning technology is significantly flawed when used to identify people of color in essence the darker the skin the more inaccurate the technology is despite the flaws the Detroit Board of Police Commissioners on September 19th approved the use of the technology in the city that is 80% black. Lawrence, a Democrat from Detroit, recently visited the city's real-time crime center where analysis have access to hundreds of live camera feeds. Lawrence said the time to devise federal regulations is now. Facial recognition technology is quickly being embraced around the country as a solution to reduce crime. This technology is here to stay and we must make it work for us in fair and productive manner, Lawrence said. Michigan lawmakers are considering legislation that would place a moratorium on the use of facial recognition software to give researchers and legal experts more time to examine the technology. In July, United States Rep. Rashida Tlaib of Detroit introduced legislation that would ban the use of facial recognition technology at federally funded housing units. Moving forward onto blackenterprise.com, 4.5 million African Americans could lose their jobs to automation. Job losses for African Americans could reach 4.5 million individuals in the next 10 years, according to a report from the consulting company McKinsey & Co. The report called The Future of Work in Black America details the challenges American workers will have in the coming decade due to automation in the workforce. African Americans will face 10% more job losses than the general population. There is an elevated risk to the African American workforce, to modernization, automation, and the global shift that exists in this modern economy. McKinsey partner and report co-author Jason Wright told Business Insider, automation consists of artificial intelligence, software, and robots that will handle the current low-wage, low-skilled jobs in the near future. Businesses have been rolling out 
increased automation to achieve cost savings and efficiencies that are greater than the human workforce can achieve. The McKinsey and Company report found that Black males will be most affected by automation. African-American men are overrepresented in high-displacement job categories and are also underrepresented in low-displacement job categories. High-displacement jobs have an increased likelihood of being lost due to automation. These types of jobs include food service, retail workers, office support, and factory workers. The McKinsey Report also found that African-American males are less concentrated in the parts of the country where economic growth is expected to be experienced over the next decade. African-Americans are underrepresented in five out of the six projected fastest-growing geographical archetypes and are overrepresented in two of the six slower-growing archetypes, the report states. The report found that these effects of automation can be mitigated by African-American males obtaining higher education. The public and private sectors should pursue large-scale economic development strategies to increase jobs and opportunities. African-American males are significantly underrepresented in the population that has a bachelor's or graduate degree. Moving forward to Cointrust.com, blockchain-powered payments in vehicles to be tested by BMW, General Motors, and Ford. A blockchain-powered car identification and payment mechanism is planned to be tested by five renowned automakers, namely BMW, General Motors, Ford, Renault, and Honda. The collaboration intends to trial the vehicle ID system built under the Mobility Open Blockchain Initiative. As part of the endeavor, cars are designated digital IDs tied to ownership, servicing background, and a wallet permitting the vehicle to mechanically pay fees without bespoke hardware. The partnership visualizes the system being incorporated in network electric vehicles such that tolls, service, and rest stop spending, for illustration, can be documented and settled mechanically when the car is connected for battery charging. So cars will be able to make payments. Moving forward to news.beencrypto.com, Porsche and Boeing joined forces to develop flying electronic vehicle for the rich. Porsche and Boeing have signed a memorandum of understanding that states that both companies will work together to explore the premium personal urban air mobility vehicle market. Premium personal urban air mobility vehicle market. The new partnership will see the two companies combine their decades of experience in their respective sectors and begin looking at to how to address the challenges of what could become a key market segment in the future. In addition, Porsche, Boeing, and Boeing subsidiary Aurora Flight Sciences have agreed to design and develop a fully electrical vertical takeoff and landing. We're going to take a music moment and come back with Herbnology. Blessings and grace.
you're afraid now No time, no then no more No tell me careful No care, no then no more Check it, the faithful No got no faith no more Your wife is skillful Can't make them take the soul That is so crucial Your wife is spiritual And when them system are like chemicals Your wife is free of books around them like a general Yes, for you burn them funerals We never you I walk for Babylon They want me a part of the money plan There's so much for them a vagabond We prefer to decide with the last in our hand The activity teachings of society Them spread out everywhere and promote strange activity Them now rise the youth, them up out of poverty We still say them are enemies We never yield Born on the battlefield No tell me careful, no care no then no more Check it the faithful, no got no faith no more Your wife is skillful, you make them take your soul This thing's so crucial, your wife is spiritual All when them sister mash like chemical You have to pray for around them like a general Yeah, for your bum them funeral We never give up on the battlefield Show me so that's
Blessings and grace, and welcome to Herbnology. I'll be discussing the four essential oils that are best for hormonal imbalance. The best essential oils to help balance hormones and increase wellness are clary sage oil, lavender essential oil, geranium oil, and Japanese cedarwood oil. Research shows that these oils can help regulate certain hormone activity and can even alleviate depression. Clary sage oil has been traditionally used to help soothe stressed nerves. Lavender essential oil, and there's been scientific reports that suggested that lavender can help enhance mood. Geranium oil, with its soft floral scent, may help ease the symptoms in menopausal women as well as balance their reduced estrogen levels. Japanese cedarwood oil has a spicy, woody aroma, and the compounds in the Japanese cedarwood essential oil impacted the endocrine system and regulated stress responses. It helps to slow the aging process and to improve endurance levels. While these are the best essential oils for hormonal balance, peppermint oil, orange oil, and clove oil also help improve mood and decrease stress in the body. So again, that's clary sage oil, lavender essential oil, geranium oil, Japanese cedarwood oil, peppermint oil, orange oil, and clove oil. The nature of the Most High can bless you and de-stress you. Always make it your first line of defense for all of your healing needs. We're going to take a music moment and come back with the metaphysics of the moment. Blessings and grace. Never, never give in to Babylon. No matter what them try, no matter where them come with AI. Yes, I am attacking. Rasta no act like it. You even must say clap with the tobacco where you're smoking. If you're guilty, then you're just squawking. We burn Eden. Yes, I am attacking. Rasta no act like it. You even must say clap with the tobacco where you're smoking. If you're guilty, then you're just squawking. Then you're just squawking. Them say dancing in your yard before you dance abroad. So me a dancing in my yard before me dance abroad. A judgment. I go on the name feet I grab up but the youths them now go see Cause I will not them a fall up a bell And don't fear The youths them now go hear Say so if you use a tea, Then you could have disappear I know come fi promote smoking But front of in a hurt just addicting Who up who not listening Cause I am born enough man I go fly up Me no say rubber I go make your key and road dry up I go out the deadly plan Where Babylon cook up a right And fi make this a spit Tall full up, they bring it complaint for help slow down this of them. We make them chosy and forget about them problem. They use them and look to our eyes, so make we see of them. Stop help my bill and trick them. Are you me talking? Rasta no act like it. You ever must say clap with the tobacco while you're smoking. If you're guilty, then you're just squamping. We burn Eden. Yes, I am a Rasta no act like me 
You even must say crap with the tobacco where you smoke And if you're guilty then you're just one Then you're just one Real organic, stronger than bionic No need no blind guy with no beads, no blood, no shock Black man, you feel no say you're valuable So stop from poisoning your temple And no evergreen from the earth a vegetable So I think we just all need to get responsible And we fi keep the youth out of trouble So take the poison spliff out of your mouth We keep the melties apart and the struggle Yes, I am a target Rasta no act like me You have to say clap up with the crap away you're smoking If you're guilty then you're just squamming We burn them. Yes I am attacking Rasta no act like me You have to say clap with the tobacco away you're smoking If you're guilty then you're just squamming Then you're just squamming Them say dance in your yard before you dance abroad So me you're dancing in my yard before me dance abroad And judgment
Blessings and grace, and welcome to the metaphysics of the moment. I'll be starting off with Magdalene, which is Hebrew for from Magdadan or Migdal, the surname of one of the Marys who followed Yeshua. The name, no doubt, indicates Magdadan, where she was born and lived. Matthew 27.56 and Luke 8.2 Metaphysically, a thought springing from and belonging to that in consciousness which Magdadan signifies. Mary Magdalene was a woman out of whom Yeshua cast seven demons, 
she became one of his most devoted followers and lifting up of power and consciousness and letting this greatly increased faculty be guided by the emotions and desires of the human soul may invite demons or seemingly established error thought activities and habits that need the power of the Christ word to dissolve their hold on the soul and set the individual free. And Mary is Hebrew for contradiction, rebellious outcry, bitter complaint, bitterness, myrrh, bitter waters, aromatic spirits, a mother of Yeshua, and Matthew 1, 18, 22, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the sister of Martha and Lazarus, Luke 10, 39, and John 11, 1, 2, mother of John Mark, Acts 12, 2, other Marys are also mentioned in John 19.25 and Romans 16.6. Metaphysically, Mary is the feminine, the soul, the affectional and emotional phase of man's being when seemingly bound and limited by sensate thought in its freed, exalted state. Mary, the mother of Yeshua, represents the soul that magnifies the Lord daily in the temple and through its devotion prepares itself for the higher life. She signifies the divine motherhood of love. She can also be said to be intuition. Yeshua, the perfected man manifestation, is conceived in the intuitive or soul nature and is molded in its substance. This coming from the Christ body into activity is the result of an exalted idea sown in the mind and matured by the soul. The soul is devout and expectant. It believes in the so-called miraculous as a possibility. Mary expected the birth of the Messiah according to the promise of the Holy Spirit. Martha is Hebrew for mistress, of a family, a wife, a lady, governess, domestic, rebellious one, who becomes bitter, sister of Mary and Lazarus. The three lived together at Bethany, and Yeshua often visited at their home. Luke 10, 38-42, and John 11, 1-39, and 12-2. Metaphysically, Martha and Mary represent the outer and inner phases, respectively, of the soul's activity in welcoming the inner spiritual teacher, the soul, established in love, is always quick to discern the presence of true thoughts, and it welcomes the spiritual man or teacher who brings forth truth. It is also in a receptive attitude toward understanding. Martha represents the outer activity of the soul that is receiving the higher self. Mary represents the inner or soul receptivity. Martha desires to show her love by service. Mary shows her by learning at Yeshua's feet. Both of these activities are necessary, but we should take heed that in our desire to serve, we do not forget our times of communication with our indwelling Lord. We should not set greater value on active service than on quiet, long receptivity to the spirit of truth within us. Mary at Yeshua's feet represents the soul as learning the lessons of life from the higher self. When the learning of these lessons is given first place in consciousness, the activity or service that follows becomes simple and easy. But when Martha, the serving quality, is given precedence, Anxiety and irritation can result because there is a seeming separation from the source of love and poise. 
and a lack is sensed in consciousness. Truly, to obey is better than sacrifice. Understanding of truth must precede all real and effective service. Martha can also be said to represent the material consciousness and Mary the spiritual. Yeshua is the visible head representing the Christ. It is Martha who satisfies the need of the outer man who wants the most assistance in carrying on her share of the work. She is most insistent in demanding that her duties be given first place, but the spiritual consciousness Mary hath chosen the good part, which shall not be taken away from her, while Martha is anxious and troubled by many things. Martha can lighten her work and make it easy by doing all things as unto the Lord, that is, by putting spiritual understanding and power into everything she does, thus working out efficiency and ease in all activities of home. And Salome. Salome is Hebrew for whole, sound, perfect, complete, finished, peaceful, friendly, enveloped, enveloping, clothed. A woman disciple of Yeshua, Mark 15.40, she is thought to have been the wife of Zebedee and mother of James and John. Metaphysically, Salome is the soul clothed in the thought of wholeness, soundness, love, peace, and truth. The soul clothed in the thought of wholeness, soundness, love, peace, and truth. And Susanna is shining, brilliant, bright-colored, lily, lily-like, ornamental, beautiful, pure. One of the women who went with Yeshua and his disciples and ministered unto them of their substance, Luke 8.3. Metaphysically, Susanna is purity of soul. And Joanna, Joanna is Hebrew for Jehovah has graciously given, grace of Jah, wife of chooses Harad steward, and follower of Yeshua, Luke 8.3. Metaphysically, Joanna is the soul quality of intuition, discernment, which perceives the truth. And Priscilla, Priscilla is Latin for ancient, old, of former times, little old woman, wife of Aquila of Pontus, and lately come from Italy. The two were Christians and tent makers by trade. Paul abode and worked with them in Corinth, Acts 18.2. Metaphysically, Priscilla is the feminine or receptive phase of the healing forces of nature that are always at work rebuilding the body and repairing the ravages of ignorant man. Aquila, husband of Priscilla, is the positive phase of these forces. Ancient and old, given as the meaning of Priscilla of Priscilla, reveal the fact that these healing forces of nature are very old insofar as man's idea of time refers to age. They have been present and active since manifest creation began. The Most High has ever been in every atom of His universe as unifying, constructive life, energy, love, intelligence, power, substance, and progressive influence. And Dorcas is Greek for gazelle and doe, a Christian woman at Joppa who was noted for her good works. She is called Tabitha also. She died but was resurrected by the ministration of Peter in Acts 9, 36-40. And Tabitha 
is Greek for beautiful, splendid, glorious, gazelle, antelope, roe, the same person as Dorcas in Acts 9.36. Metaphysically, Tabitha and Dorcas both mean gazelle, antelope, doe, roe, which signifies grace, lightness, and symmetry of soul and body that are of spirit. When faith, Peter, the spiritual quality that realizes the reality of the inner life forces, begins its work in consciousness and joins the saints, the consecrated thought forces, dwelling at Lida, there is a renewing of the life consciousness in both mind and body. Then Aeneas is healed. Next, neighboring states of consciousness hear the works of faith and believe. And this indwelling place of Tabitha, signifying here an awakened soul opulence in Christ or spiritual benevolence, when this spiritual force works too much in the outer consciousness, it loses connection with the one life and falls sick and dies. The widows who stand round weeping typify mixed thoughts, only half established in truth, half truths. They therefore waste their substance in the without. But when the radiant light of faith penetrates the darkness, all is challenged. The grace and the beauty of spirit are again awakened and Tabitha is made alive. The raising of Tabitha from the dead by Peter teaches us to deny away and put out of mind the belief in failures and lost opportunities. Rabboni is Hebrew for my Lord, my Master, my Teacher, my Leader, my Chief, my Prince, a title of great honor applied by the Hebrews to their doctors and lawyers and teachers it was applied by Mary Magdalene to the risen Yeshua in John 20.16. Rabboni refers to the risen Yeshua, the spiritual I am in consciousness, as the great demonstrating teacher and ruling power. Teaching of truth is done most effectively by living truth and by demonstrating it in one's life. One must realize one inherent I am dominion in order to demonstrate fully the good that one is idealizing in mind. Mary used the word Rabboni as a term of endearment in addition to the respect and honor that were due to Yeshua as a great teacher and demonstrator. And disciple, one who receives instruction from another. The calling of to call a disciple is mentally to recognize that disciple. It is to identify oneself with the intelligence working at center, judgment, which is at the solar plexus. To make this identification, one must realize one's unity with the Most High through Christ, Christ being the Son of God idea, always existing in man's consciousness. And disciples in the upper room, the gathering of the disciples or in the upper room, symbolize the concentration of the faculties at the center of spirituality in communion with the Father. The disciples of Yeshua represent, in mind analysis, the faculties. After one has been illumined by truth, one desires to express it, to go forth in its ministry. This does not necessarily imply that all secular employment should be abandoned, but it does imply that the mind should make the dissemination of truth the most important object of life. The various faculties of the mind have been occupied almost wholly in secular ways, now they are to be turned to spiritual ways. 
Some of the disciples of Yeshua are represented as being fishermen, and this implies a striving to catch living ideas and the thoughts of this material world. Material things are temporary. Spiritual things are eternal. When the mind of man is focused on materiality and on its objects and aims, the faculties are not developed along permanent lines. Truth reveals to us that every faculty must be used to spiritual ends in order that the law of being may be fulfilled. It's up to us to fulfill the purpose that the Most High created us for. In Yeshua's name, we're going to take a music moment. Blessings and grace. Cause yourself got stuck Hit plug it free No cost for entry now Who can be whatever it is you want Cause nothing is out of your scope You got it Blessings and grace. I'd like to thank you for joining me for another offering of Women's Wednesday. I'd like to show love to the frequency that accompanies me, the music, Tamika Moore, Every Word, Josh Milan, Acts 2 and 4, Stas the Boss, You Got It All, Ashley Dubois, Back to Reality, Magilla, featuring Georgia Ann Muldrow, and Float. Bird's Eye View, Queen Africa, Graba, Queen Africa, Battlefield, Oshun, Not My President, Ursula Rucker, Listen to This Drum, Nomsa Mazawi, The Emperor, Shireen, We Don't Stop, The Alarm, Natasha Alexander, Black Bodies, Queen Omega, Real Lioness, D. Jeff, Featuring Coley, Different, Honeycomb Vocal Mix, Tony Bowens, I Am Woman, Chevelle Franklin, Salvation, Kevin Wheeler, Get On My Knees and Pray, Patti LaBelle, His Eyes Is On The Sparrow, Miss Ryan Nicole, Save the World, 
Queen Africa, Lioness on the Rise. Remember that you are water. Cry, cleanse, blow. Remember that you are fire. Burn, tame, ignite. Remember that you are air. Be still, focus, decide. Remember that you are earth. Ground, build, give. Be you till full love so that you can rise and ascend. Blessings, grace, love, and strength to all.